Thank you for listening to She's Got Drive, where black women talk about success and how they achieved it. Today we have Leah Dias, entrepreneur extraordinaire. We talk about how she is building her business empire, her purpose that is inspiring her action, her commitment to supporting black communities, and the motivation being her two daughters. My name is Shirley McAlpine. Welcome to She's Got Drive. I'm a full-time business owner. I would really encourage anyone that's in business to, yeah, absolutely cultivate your craft, but don't be so focused on the success of your business that you don't build the relationships that you're going to need. Everything Mm -hmm. that I have is based upon a relationship. Leah Dias is an entrepreneur, real estate mogul, former model, mother and wife. This mumpreneur has been a prominent figure and voice in the community advocating for women's empowerment. She's originally from Inglewood, California, such business savvy. She wears so many hats, including co-owning and operating KLC Consultants, a medical staffing company with her double board certified psychiatric husband. She also has proud owner of the Girl Cave Los Angeles, a chain of beauty supplies and lifestyle brands in LA, which fuels her passion. So Leah, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about getting to know more about the many businesses that you have and how you came to grow to be this phenomenal entrepreneur and business owner and mumpreneur as well. So I see Kayla's mum in brackets on your Zoom, uh, <laughs> Zoom name. Can we start by you sharing with everyone what is it that you do and then we can start to kind of explore more and how you got there? Yeah, sure. I mean, I do a lot of things. I'm a full-time business owner. Um, I own the Girl Cave LA, which is the largest Black-owned chain of beauty supply stores here in the United States. We have Mm -hmm. locations in Southern California, Orange County, California, Dallas, Texas. Um, We're going to be expanding um, to Puerto Rico soon, so I'm really excited about that. Wow. Um, And then also, I own Hyper Magazine. And if you're familiar with Black Hair Care, you know about Hyper Mm -hmm. Magazine. It's been around for 30 years, and it's a publication that celebrates Black hair culture, so... I am the owner of that magazine, but I'm also the uh, interim editor-in-chief as we're on a search and a hunt for our new editor-in-chief. Um, what else do I do? I own Champ City Bar and Lounge, which is a bar and lounge in the city of Inglewood. It's uh, basically the only lounge that is in the uh, entertainment district um, that's Black-owned also. I own a juice bar. I own a medical staffing company. I own a real mm-hmm. estate um portfolio management company. I have a, um, a real estate portfolio and uh, between my husband and I, we manage those properties. So we have a full busy life. You really do. So t- help me understand how you got to all these different businesses. There's so many different areas. Usually people choose a specific area and then they go in different parts of the kind of, for one of their weather supply chain, but th- these are just very different What's guide, What's been guiding your your business development and the, and what you're working on? Um, it's really my passion. So really, I started in the beauty industry, and that's where the Girl Cave LA came from, and mm-hmm. me acquiring Hyper. So that's really in the same lane. And then um, my husband and I are just natural hosts. So 
We always are hosting a party at our house. So it's kind of natural for us to own a bar and lounge because um, we, you know, food service, hosting, hospitality is something that is both something that we both love to do. So opening a bar and lounge, it seems kind of odd, right? Like uh, somebody mm-hmm. who's in the beauty industry and my husband, who's a physician, what makes them want to open up a bar and lounge? But right. we just really were excited about having this opportunity in the city of Inglewood, and we just took it and it, it took off. So did it kind of, it, it was, it came across your path and then you pursued it or you decided and you pursued it? We were looking for real estate in Inglewood to purchase. And then we saw that this bar and lounge was available for purchase. And we said, what an amazing gym in the city of Inglewood. It's the property mm-hmm. for sale, the business and the liquor license. And so when we wow. had the opportunity, we just had to go for it. So I hate to say it just fell in our lap, but it kind of was like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think that entrepreneurship is about that, isn't it? It's about seizing opportunities that show up for you. And, and they're always showing up, I believe, like our, the opportunities in life are always showing up, but can we see it and can we seize it and, and when it's in front of us? So um, now, Beauty Supply Stores, can we have a look at that? How long have you owned your Beauty Supply Stores? Then there's a number of them. And then what's your mission around that? Because it seems like you're, you're, on, as you're expanding. Yeah. So, I mean, my background before I became an entrepreneur was in social work. And what I quickly Mm -hmm. realized is that people didn't have opportunities in their own community. And I looked around my neighborhood and I saw all of these businesses, beauty supply stores, cleaners, liquor stores, all of these places that weren't owned by black people and were not Mm -hmm. hiring hiring black people. They didn't have an opportunity to have, um, you know, employment in their neighborhood. And I said, what is something that I love? And I love hair. I'm always changing my hair out. I love experimenting with my hair. And so I really just looked around my neighborhood and saw that I never saw a beauty supply store go um, out of business. And I recognized that I was spending so much money. So true. You've never seen one, right? No. Have you ever Mm -hmm. seen a beauty supply or a liquor store go out of business? I've never seen one. I realized I'm like, well, wow, it doesn't go out of business because I'm here every weekend spending tons of money. And so are all my friends and my sisters Mm -hmm. and my cousins. So I realized that it was a sustainable business. And so it just intrigued me to get into this business that I saw that was sustainable because, listen, I I grew up going to the same beauty supply store for 20 years in my neighborhood. They always seem to be thriving. There always seem to be customers in the store. So that was it. I kind of just looked around me and saw what a need was. And so when you talk about my mission for the stores, my mission really is to make sure that I'm employing people that are from the community. I don't like when I hear stories of people having to travel 10, 15, 20 miles outside of their neighborhood to to just work. Um, But that's a reality for a lot of uh, people in the inner city. And so my passion, my purpose is to make sure I'm employing, promoting, and giving opportunities to people that live around where my stores are located. And that's what we do every day. We're really committed to that, myself and my leadership team. So then when you go into a new state, what's guiding your choices around? I mean, you're looking for particular um, neighborhoods that are predominantly Black. And then if you have connections in those states, that has that leads you to them or are you thinking about like what's guiding you to say say you've got one in Dallas but you you are based in LA for example what's guiding your choices 
so Dallas, so what we did is we switched the model from the store to me owning and operating them off to a franchise. And so what happened with Dallas is oh, I just okay. ran in. Uh, yeah, I fell in love with the women who applied for this location. They were hungry. They were dedicated. They had a mission nice. and vision that was very similar to mine. And so they got approved based upon really who they were and not really the location, if that makes sense. Yeah, and exactly. That's really where we are. We're looking, and this is part of it, what we were talking about, expanding opportunities mm-hmm. amongst ourselves. We're looking for Black families. We're looking for Black women who really want to get in this business and sink their teeth in and make it um, a success for themselves and their family. And those are the type of women that we're looking to bring on as franchisees. So we have four franchisees right now. We're getting ready to add on our fifth one, but it's helping me expand the brand, but it's also giving women an opportunity to have ownership. That's brilliant because, of course, we, you know, particularly after in this last year, I think there's even greater awareness in the black community about how much we like nobody's coming to save us and that we have to save ourselves and we have to build wealth in our community. So I love I'm loving what you're doing. So you now have a franchise business. Is that the same in the with the juice business? Are you doing the same thing I mean there's so many businesses I just want to touch on I know right with the juice and kind of expanding that to be franchises or no so the juice bar I actually brought into an existing franchise um so I am a franchisee and I'm a franchisor okay (laughs) yes okay but I fell in love with the franchise model underneath the juice bar that my husband and I are under because they give you so much support but really the sky is the limit for you as an owner operator, because you can take that support in that guideline and you can do whatever you want with it. Um, mm-hmm. So if you put a lot in, you get a lot out. If you put a little in, you put a little out. And that's what is true for a franchise. You get the support, you get the, the blueprint, but it's really up to you. Um, and I love that opportunity. It, let's, let, I want to take a step back then. And I hear your mission for empowering people to have work in their local communities to grow and impact local communities. I hear, you, hear your mission to empower women. Given all the spaces that you're in, if we step back, what's your overarching like purpose? Because it's, there's so many different elements or, that are getting expressed through your, through your work. But I'm right. curious about like if we step back, like, what's your purpose and what's like, what's you inside of your, your dream future? Yeah, absolutely. So my direct impact, what I want to do is I want to show something different to my daughters, right? I have two girls mm-hmm. and I want them to see really a woman that has it all. I mean, maybe right. not at all at the same time, but right. <laughs> I, right. I do. And I want them to see that. And I want them to know that you can be a wife and you can be a good mother and you can have a big career and you can be a boss and you can be right. gentle and you can be all of those things all at one time. You really can. And so I want my daughters to see someone like myself and I want to be their first example. So that's my daily motivation. Mm -hmm. In a global perspective, though, I want all the women that work under me. And I say under me for lack of a better word, because the truth is is that they work with me. Um, But all of the women that are coming up behind me, I want them to see something different too. So for me, 
when I started my businesses, I didn't really have a role model or a mentor or somebody that was so approachable that I could really learn from. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of had to learn from the school of hard knocks, what to do, what not to do, how to present myself, how not to present myself, what to do when I made a ton of money at one time. What do I like? What do I do? And so I really make sure that on my leadership team, the women that are with me that I pour into them, I'm giving them advice. Like, you know what, you're making this much money this year. What are you doing with that? What are, what mm-hmm. are you doing to make sure that this huge salary that you're making, what are you doing to make sure that you're sustaining yourself outside of this? Right. And so right. we really are collaborative. And my hope is that the group of women that I'm working with, we are like a ray of light to other women and we inspire them, right? Because I don't just sell shampoo and wigs. It's bigger than that. Like I'm investing in real estate. I'm investing my money in the stock market. I'm learning different wealth tools to be able to sustain myself outside of retail because retail is fickle. You know, it does look great, you know, having these retail stores and it's fun and it's, you know, it's sustainable, Mm -hmm. but what is it going to look like in 10 years? I don't know that the money is going to be the same, or this is going to be a business. So I'm looking for different wealth tools and vehicles to be able to sustain my wealth past the businesses that I've created. And that's really what I want. I want women, especially women of color to understand that we can be wealthy and we can live a life of luxury. And I want to be that example. And that's what I think daily. Like, how am I living my life to be an inspiration to not just my children, but to the next woman or the Mm -hmm. next person? Mm -hmm. Um, And like you talked about, not being dependent on anyone. That is my greatest thing. I don't want to be dependent on any government system, any man, any outside entity except myself. I want to be solely self-sufficient. And that's what the goal is. Wow, it's so inspiring. Given how much you... Uh, how many different businesses that you're running and then you have a leadership team, you're leading people. How are you managing it, managing it all in your, in your life? Because it's not like you're, if you've got, if you're in, in one vein, it, it becomes very focused and very much clearer. How are you doing that? And how are you in the, in the conversation for we can have it all, maybe not, maybe not all at the same time, but we can have it all. But I'm, always holding as well our ability to manage success and our well-being like we don't sacrifice ourselves in service of viewing whatever that thing for us that 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 we define as as being successful or that we want in our life that we don't exchange our own health and well-being in in, for that so I'm I'm curious about that because you've got so much you're doing so much Yeah. So I have this thing called protected time and protected Mm -hmm. time for me is when I call my team and when I call my, my husband, my children, I let them know that this is my time. And so my staff knows that on Sunday, that's my protected time. Unless the building is on fire, do not call me on a Sunday. And even, you know, there's some mornings that I ask my husband, like, this is one of those mornings, like, I really need you to take the kids to school because I have a commitment and I want to just spend some time with myself to get my mind right before I chop away at the day. And so it's Mm -hmm. really what it is for me is creating boundaries around the work, boundaries around my family and boundaries with myself. And so I don't even put myself in a situation or a position where I expect myself to, you know, do 30 things in one day. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a boundary with mm-hmm. myself and I say, these are the things that must happen today. And I do those things. And these are the things that could or should happen today. And then that's another list. And I'm, I have grace with myself as I go throughout the day. And I really just take care of the things that I absolutely have to take care of. And I right. let my team, I delegate, and I just make sure I have boundaries around those other, um, those other tasks. And that's it. How long have you been, been like this? And, and what did you learn as you've been been developing yourself as a business owner and as this mogul really because you are you know there's so there's so many assets of your of your business so where how did you learn those lessons oh wow so I learned that lesson I just started practicing this maybe about two years ago but I learned that lesson because I was burnout so quickly and so easily I would go hard I would go hard and then I would look up and I would feel like I should be fulfilled and I wasn't and it was because Mm -hmm. I was so exhausted and I was so just run down from the the you know the rat race of trying to get it all that when you get it it's like well I'm too exhausted to enjoy it or I'm too you know run down to even understand like the beauty of what I've done or created and so when I started feeling like that, like I was working so hard, but I wasn't feeling the benefits of it. I was like, OK, wow, I need to take a step back. First, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, This is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. What I've also committed to is just personal development, making sure that I'm surrounding myself with like-minded women and I'm going to seminars and classes and I'm learning. And that's really what I've learned from all the other women that I've surrounded myself with that are successful. They don't let the success run them in the ground 24 seven, they take a step back and they enjoy it and they appreciate it and they regroup and then they go again. And, you know, it's impossible to think that we're going to go at a hundred percent every day, all day. And so it comes in waves. There's some days that I go so hard. And then there's some days that I pull all the way back and it's really self-preservation. And that's what I've learned. Mm. Are you good at then sensing when you, when you're at your edge? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know it. What's the way I talk to people is different. Okay. The way I talk to myself is different. The way I interact with my children is different. And I notice mm-hmm. it immediately. Mm-hmm. And I used to have to wait for somebody to bring it to my attention. But now mm-hmm. I, I, I see it myself. And then I'm like, okay, pull back. Yeah. Um, so it's really a lot of self-awareness. A lot yeah. of self-awareness. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, we, we know when we're in great shape and and if we can know when we're not in great shape and what the signs are and then but then to just like I love that you've got those practices that allow us to to your as you call your protective time that allows you to like re-energize and take care of yourself and when you're taking care of yourself what's the practice what's one of your self-care practices that's like the thing that's just like this is what I'm doing this is non-negotiable yeah for me it's um 
it's really just quiet time. Like I don't eat self-care for me. is not even spending money. It's um, I mean, I do like Mm. the spa and I do like shopping and all of those things. (laughs) Um, But that's not self-care for me. Self-care for me is quiet time, Mm -hmm. lighting a candle, turning off the TV, turning off my cell phone and just recharging, resting, writing, talking to God. That's what I feel most rejuvenated doing. And that's just what it is. And it's so funny, you know, you think of self-care and, you know, you automatically think maybe like getting a manicure or going shopping or going to a spa. But I think the opposite. I think of saving money (laughs) and I don't think of spending it. And I think of just being with myself, just being quiet and by myself. I think I've learned that as well over the years. I just, I enjoy if I go to the store shopping, but I actually find that it's tiring. I don't find (laughs) I don't find it. I'm even if I'm having fun, I can come back and think I'm really tired. And so I'm with you. I'm like, I want to sit and be in my room. I want to read. I want to knit. I want to light a candle, incense, you know, sleep, get under the duvet. That's what I want to do. And I used to remember my mum like having that. When I was young, and I used to think, why is she having a nap? I don't understand. And now I'm just like, so now I'm so. You totally so get it now, right? Totally <laughs> get it. And I was thinking, I didn't even know my mom had four children. And so, so many times I just think about her and think, how did you, how did you do it? Because I've got two. How, yep. how, how old are your daughters? Oh, so I have three children. My oldest will be 17 in about a week. Um, My middle daughter is uh, five and my youngest, my baby boy is four. So yeah, 17, five and four. Wow. Some young ones. There's a big gap there. My, um, I have a 17 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. Yeah. And so we're in a different cycle in that. Well, the 17 year olds are now looking at, you know, she's headed into senior year next so I don't know where yours is in the cycle I want to just explore your notion of success and when you think about the term success what does it mean to you yeah so success well the definition has changed for me so success used to be for me 100% materialistic financial, right? Like I want to live in this mm-hmm. neighborhood. I want my kids to go to this school. I want to have this car and I want to have mm-hmm. this much money in my bank account. And so success is still a little bit tied to that. But to me, it's a bigger answer. And really what it is, is for me to have independence. And success for me is being financially free. My, you know, my, like you were talking about your daughter, like I'm getting my daughter ready for college and Mm -hmm. success for me is being able to tell her she can go to any school in the world she wants to go to and telling her that, you know, geography is not a barrier. Finances are not a barrier. Pick what you want. So being able to provide that lifestyle to myself and my children is now what I see as success. And yeah, money is tied to it, but it's really also a mindset that comes with it. Um, Because with these big responsibilities and these, these opportunities, you also have to be, what's the word? Almost um, like respectful of it. You know what I mean? You have to be Mm -hmm. respectful Mm -hmm. of what's been given and you have to honor that. That's what success is for me, that my kids understand it, that they live in it, that they enjoy it and that I get to live it and enjoy it, but that we're respectful of it too. And we're not just out here being ignorant with what the resources we've been given. So that's what it boils down to for me. Right. And where do you feel like you source that success 
from? Is it like, is it your, in your family? Is it in your, in terms of your being? Is it, I mean, there's some opportunity. Is it your early learning? Is it the lessons, is it experience? Like, where do you feel like you're sourcing that success from? Because there are other people who start businesses, for example, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, and aren't thriving in their business. And they're for various reasons, right? And they're, but for you, there is a way that you are, you've got that is, given the different types of businesses that you have, it's like you can turn your hand to something and you can make it work. So what is it about you? And then ha- where do you feel like it's been, it's been sourced from? Well, I think it's really relationships, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, I don't think it's like, I mean, I do think that I have an ability to connect with people. And that was helpful being a social worker because I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking to people mm-hmm. and cultivating the skill of listening, listening first and then responding after. But mm-hmm. what it boils down to in the work environment, in this business environment, is I think that the success is that. I have that my husband has is really based upon the relationships we've built with people. And that starts with our team, our employees, they take care of our Mm -hmm. businesses. Like they're our own because we've cultivated relationships and we take care of people in the ways that we would want to be taken care of. So I don't think that it's like, Oh, you know, Leah's so, you know, uber smart when it comes to business and she knows how to do a business plan better than anyone. And she gets marketing better than anyone. Those actually furthest from the truth. There's so many times that I don't know, but I make sure that my team knows. And I make sure if we don't know, we outsource it to a company that does. I think it's really about, you know, my digital marketing team, right? Like we outsource Mm -hmm. it, but I have such a great relationship with them that I can get on the phone with the owner and tell them, hey, this week didn't feel good for us. This is what we need. And they respond immediately because they understand the value of relationships. So I would really encourage anyone that's in business to, yeah, absolutely cultivate your craft and, and, you know, learn the little things that you need to learn about your business to make it better. But don't be so focused on the success of your business that you don't build the relationships that you're going to need. Everything Mm -hmm. that I have is based upon a relationship. I wanted to take a moment to share with you my gratitude journal, which is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop. This is a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, 
And with daily intentions, you are more likely to take an, the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with, with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 days of gratitude making every day count is available on amazon.com on the She's Got Drive journals page. The link is in the show notes. So click the link. It's like $6, something like that. And then take on the daily practice. You will see that I've already started to post my daily practice on my Instagram page. So you can do it together. So order your 30 days of gratitude making every day count. Um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day. Even when we were talking about Champ City earlier in this conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, we were able to buy that business because we had a relationship with the owner and we forged one and we still four years later, we still have a relationship with him um, and he could call us for anything and vice versa. So definitely right. as you walk this path, make sure you're taking care of your relationships. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the source of that is caring. Yeah. You actually care about people. Yeah. And I definitely. think about when you think, when you talk about what was also at the a motivation for the beauty supply um, business was you, you cared about what was happening in, the, in, in black communities. You cared about people having opportunity. I can really hear that in how you are and how you show up for your team and how your team shows up for you, like as a, like as a value, like as a central to who you, how you and your husband operate. I'm wondering what your biggest challenge that you faced has been? Hmm. <laughs> I face a lot of them. <laughs> so many of them. I'm facing some now, but I think in the beginning, my biggest challenge was kind of turning off, you know, in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, I am a person that cares about people so much. And I care, I would rather someone else, I would rather one of my franchisees have a a successful store if it was up to me versus one of mine. That's really how I think. But what I had to do in business is that there's a line to that. And there's a part where you do have to care about people, but you can't put that in front of the bottom line of the business. And so right. a lot of my struggles in the beginning were because I was being too kind, kind to the point where I was neglecting the end goal for the business. And right. so now I feel like I've cultivated a balance but that has been my biggest struggle. You know, I work with a lot of young women who this might be their first job or their first experience working for a corporation. And so, you know, maybe showing up to work dressed in a way that you shouldn't, or maybe showing up late and mm -hmm. all of these things that in other professional environments would mean like termination. I let people get away with those things and not really hold them accountable because I thought not holding them accountable meant being nice. Um, okay. But now I know how to hold people accountable. Um, and still be kind. Like me telling yes. you the truth in love is like a necessity. So if you come to work and you have on ripped jeans and tennis shoes and you look like you've been out partying the night before, it's not that I'm coming down on you. I, I care about you enough to tell you that that's not acceptable and to go home and change right. so you can present myself and you in a different way. Um, right. So I just approach it differently, but that's the biggest struggle. Cause I want to be, you know, I want everybody to like <laughs> me and I, I want to be nice yeah. and I want to be kind and I want people to see me in that way, but that's not possible sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And then, and also like the su supporting people to be their best selves and understanding how things work, you know, like yeah. how, the, how things work and that 
um, whether we like it or not, there are things that, that have things flow and work and there are things that don't and, and, and supporting someone to, to learn that. But yeah, I get it. I'm also wondering, one of the questions I ask my, always ask my guests is a couple of them. One of them is, um, what has been a courageous moment for you in your life? And I, I always think about people's ability to go beyond either something, that, some fear that's come up for them or in, in their own life, or it could be in, in support of another. But what has, what has been your most courageous moment? Oh, wow. There's so many times that I've had to step out of my shell. I mean, I honestly feel like my most courageous. Oh, wow. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of business, I think maybe my most courageous moments have been when I've expanded the business, when I didn't have the confidence in myself, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe just like saying, you know what, I don't know if I can do this. I think I could do this, but having that, that talk in your head and then just stepping out and doing it. And that would be, you know, doing the franchise and buying Champ City, the bar and lounge and all of these right. things that I didn't think I could bite off and chew. But really, my, my courage comes from and the most courageous moments have been when I've done it scared. <laughs> right. And if you if it was outside of your, your the world of work, what might it be? Huh? Well, it would have to be in times that I probably spoke up for myself. Right. And just really. You know, there's been so many times I feel this is my my thing as like a woman or a woman that's successful that I feel like people don't honor me or don't respect me in the way that I would want to be respected. So, you know, and sometimes I, I used to tolerate that or I would take it. And so I feel like I've found my voice and I've been most courageous and I've had courageous moments when I've looked people in the eye and said, you know what, this is not OK. You're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tolerate it. And if that's how you want to move forward, then we can't move forward. So right. courageous moments. I've had a lot of those in the last few years, but just really telling people like, no, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to tolerate this and speaking up for myself and being my biggest advocate. Right. And then in this journey that you've been on, so thank you for sharing that. I, in this journey that you've been on, have there been people that you've had to leave behind? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. The people I surrounded myself with 10 years ago versus now, none of them are the same, except for my children and my husband. None Mm -hmm. of them. And it's not a negative thing. I just, Mm -hmm. my mindset is different, right? So there's certain people that, you know, I'm still friends with from a distance, but we don't even think the same anymore. I grew up in Inglewood, California. I went to private Christian school and a lot of, you know, it's predominantly black school a lot mm-hmm. of the mindsets are really, you know, go to school, get a college degree and get a good county job or a good sustainable job and make sure you buy a home and you have, you have health benefits and not to dismantle that or, or downplay that. But my mindset is so much different and bigger mm-hmm. and more global mm-hmm. now that mm-hmm. some of those same conversations, they don't even, it doesn't even match what I'm doing now. I don't want to convince anybody, you know, to do things my way. And I don't want anybody to convince me that their way is right either. I just, that's just what it is. So my, my peer group is totally different now, totally different. And to be honest with you, it's so diverse now. It's just, a, you know, I have all different types of friends and people that I work with and it's because I've shifted my mindset over the years. So definitely had to leave people behind, but it's not a negative thing at all. 
No, like I'm just, just some, they're just, we're just not in the same, not heading in the same direction. And there are multiple directions that we can take in life is what I'm hearing. And yep. so you're, you're, you're on a path where other people are in a similar conversation, right, for life. Right. I've got one other question that I'd love to ask you. I believe that we are given our wisdom from our elders and uh, our female elders. So I, I have a question with what mama used to say, and it may not be mm -hmm. your mother. It could be an, an elder woman in your life who's had an impact on you. But what is, is there a piece of guidance or wisdom that you've gained from her that has stuck with you in your life? Wow. Yes. So my mother passed away maybe about eight years ago. And at the time, and when I was growing up, I didn't understand some of the things that she told me. But now as a full mother, wife, right. business owner, right. I recollect and I recall those things that she used to tell me really what I, the biggest thing that my mom implanted in me and I can like literally hear her saying is do what you want to do. And that's the way my mom lived. And that's the way I live. Like I do what is best for me. I don't do what's best for even, you know, my husband or other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I do what's best for me. And I can, that's the best thing that my mom has ever told me. And she always led her life in a way that served her first and it's not selfish because if she wasn't served she couldn't serve all of us right um, so I totally understand that now and I live by that and I know that that she lived by that that's the greatest advice that she ever gave me is just to do oh, do, do myself that's beautiful I mean you, and you can see how you're doing that if that if this thing that's come up is available for you it's inspiring it's like something you want to do you're like oh I'm doing that yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that stuff doesn't come up for you. You know, we have sometimes doubt and all of those things that can rear his head. I'm not saying any of that isn't there, but you, the, the range of the way that you're creating your life and in, in your life really is being generated and created and, and innovated in so many ways. And so that's a beautiful piece of wisdom. I'm so appreciative of you being... I guess. I'm wondering if someone wanted to contact you and reach out to you, how might they find out more and or, or connect with you? So the, yeah, the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. Leah, L-I-A is how you spell my name. Uh, last mm -hmm. name is Dias. So I'm on Instagram. You can shoot me a DM. You can also send any um, for any of the creatives or hairstylists or anybody in the beauty industry. You can find me on hypehair.com under the submissions. We review submissions on a daily basis. So that's mm -hmm. the best way to connect with me. Leah, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to meet you. And in this way, I will, if I'm in LA, because I live in Chicago, if I'm in LA, I'll look out for one of your stores or your juice bar. What's the juice bar called? It's called Juice It Up. We're in Boyle Heights. Same here, same here. And thank you for being so flexible with me. I appreciate it. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your life. That interview with a woman that is doing so many different things, like her businesses are so wide ranging. I was spinning a bit, really. I mean, I'm so... I mean, impressed is like an understatement because I know what it's like to keep focused on my work 
and for her to have these multiple entities is so phenomenal um that i cannot even imagine how organized she is to able to achieve that and the other thing for me is that so much of the messaging for me was around care and caring for people and giving back that it was just beautiful so i'm really thank you leah for really being a guest and um if you want to come in contact with her her link the link is in the show notes and if you want to get in contact with me, I always love to hear from you. Then you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on my, on my, through my website or through Facebook. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. And thank you so much for listening. Go well and stay well. <laughs>